Welcome to the Kayak Bass Nation. What's up, everybody? Welcome to KBN Live. Uh, as you can see, I am solo on the screen tonight. Mr. Lambert is tied up. He is uh, celebrating a birthday tonight with somebody, so he could not be here. So I'm going to hold it down. We're get, we've got a great show tonight. We are going to interview some folks from the Kayak Fishing League, the KFL. We've got a couple of owners, one of the announcers, and an elite angler from the from the regular tournament scene that also fishes on a KFL team. So they're going to give a, he's going to give us our perspective there. It's going to be a good show. Uh, everybody knows that Lambert and I have kind of been uh, skeptical of the whole KFL thing, but it's not really fair to not have these guys on to talk about it and break it down for us. I've got good friends competing over there. Uh, they're really excited about what they're doing. So we wanted to have them on and, and let them kind of sell me and sell us on the, on the product they have. So it's going to be a good show. We're going to, we're going to get to them here in just a minute. We're glad to have them all here. We've got uh, Robert Brown, Dan Perry, and Brian Howell here, otherwise known as BDH to the KBN folks out there. Uh, so it's going to be a good one. Uh, before we get to that, we're going to talk about a few things uh, before we get rolling. Of course, we want to thank our sponsors. Uh, couldn't do this without them. Get over and check out dugoutfishing.com. Uh, the show is presented by Dugout Bait and Tackle down in Marietta, Georgia. Their featured product of the week, let's see if I can throw it up here for you, is the Strike King Chick Magnet. Uh, the tournaments are starting even earlier this year. You know, we've got them firing up in January and February. So, the flat-sided crankbait's going to play. So get over there and get get a hold of some of these Strike King chick magnets on dugoutfishing.com. Uh, and, of course, Revo sunglasses. You can peep the hat right there. Revo sunglasses, best lenses on earth. Use code KBN25 on Revo.com. And, I actually, they may have some sales going on for Black Friday that will will beat the KBN discount. So for this week, you can get over to their website and you get some Black Friday sales. And then, of course, uh, you see the bottles on the screen right there. Western Sun Vodka, the, the official drink of KBN. Uh, go to westernsundistillery.com and use the bottle finder uh, button on there to find a dealer near you. They're really spreading out all over the U.S. We've seen pictures come in from different parts of the country way outside of, of their home base of Texas. So, uh, yeah, get out and get you some Western Sun. And, and happy Thanksgiving week to everybody. You know, we almost didn't have a show this week with Thanksgiving, but we couldn't leave you guys out in the cold. We had to have a KBN Live this week, so it's going to be a good one. A few things happened this week we want to talk about before we get these fellas on. Uh, number one. It was over in the basketball world. It wasn't the kayak world. I'll throw this on the screen here. I don't know if you guys paid much attention, but the Bass Pro had that $1 million tournament uh, this week. $1 million to the winners. It was $4 million in cash and prizes, and that happened on Table Rock right up the street from me. Uh, unbelievable event that took place, and there wasn't a whole ton of media coverage. I know the final day was on NBC or MSNBC or, or something, NBC Sports. Uh but they had a huge event, gave over $4 million in prizes, a million dollars split between the winners, plus a Tundra and a Nitro boat to them. And I know that's not kayak fishing related, but it got me to thinking, will we ever see something like that, an event that, that gives out that kind of pay? I mean, not millions of dollars, but something in the kayak world uh, that's an open event like this uh, that gives out huge, huge cash and prizes. I guess the, the closest thing we have to that right now, the All-American gives out a ton of stuff. Um, I know that, you know, Hobie and KBF pay out big cash money to the winners, but, uh, will we ever see an open event like that, that pays out proportional to the kayak fishing world, not millions of dollars, but proportional where we could get a big open event, uh, paying out big prizes. That'd be cool to see. But anyway, uh, cool to see that. And then of course the biggest news of the day was Bass releasing their schedule. And we'll just touch on that for a second. I'm going to get these guys opinion on it as well. 
they the much anticipated bash schedule dropped today. There was mixed opinions on the page about it. Uh, Lake Forks on there. Always good to see that on there. Harris Chain in Florida, Grand Lake in Oklahoma. That came with some some questions because the folks in my area know about Grand Lake and some of the restrictions they have. Lewis Smith and Pickwick. It's a mix of one and two day events. Next week, we're going to have Dwayne and John Stewart from Bass on, and we're going to talk to them directly and be able to ask them some questions about the schedule and how they came up with it. Uh, they're also going to have an AOI system this year uh, that wasn't really laid out that well in the article about how that's going to work, especially with the mixture of one- and two-day events, how's, how's the AOI points going to work. Um, but the schedule's out, so now we know. All the national events are out. Uh, you know, KBF's still tentative, but it's pretty much out. Uh, Hobies is out. All-American Kayak Series is out. Now Bass is out along with local schedules continuing continue to trickle out all over the place. So we'll ask their opinion on that. And then, like I said, next week we'll have uh, John and, and Dwayne in to talk about the schedule in more depth. With that, let me see if I can get this pulled up here. I'm going to get these fellas in here. We're going to talk a little bit of KFL. Hang on just a second. Boom, there we go. All right, uh, Robert, Brian, Dan, thank you guys so much for joining us tonight, man. What's, What's up, up? What's up, people? Yeah. So you guys uh, heard me say earlier, we've had some discussions on the KBN group page. There's been some talk about what is KFL, the Kayak Fishing League, what's it all about. Uh, Ryan and I have been skeptical about it, what it was when it first started, but at the same time, we both got friends that are that are heavily involved in it, some that are newly involved in it. Uh, we got anglers like Brian Howell, who's as elite as, elite as they get out on the, the single-person live tournament circuit, uh, <laughs> the non-team non side. So the non-team side. So, you know, people are taking it serious and getting involved. So I wanted to have you guys on here to kind of sell me and sell the the uh, people watching on what KFL is all about and give some more information on it. Sound like a good good plan? Sounds yeah. good, man. Yep. Yeah. Thank you for so having us. Much, yeah, and I, it's just me, so I'm going to try to keep up with the questions and the comments myself. Um, but first, let's start with a couple owners, man. We got Robert and Dan, both owners slash anglers in the league. I know Robert does some color commentary as well. But as a guy that let's pretend I don't know anything about it, I'm just you know cold off the streets. Heard about KFL today. Uh, sell me on why I might want to get on a team and or start a team in my area. I don't know if y'all are full 100 percent yet, uh, but just just sell me on the league in general from an owner's perspective. Dan, you can have the floor first, man. All right. Um, I fish a lot of stuff. I fish in college. I fished out of a boat before kayaks. Came over to kayak side five years ago, I guess. Been doing that ever since. I fish local, national, regional stuff, and the KFL is the most fun I've ever had fishing. I mean, that's, you know, as a working man with a family, somebody who's trying to, I'm not necessarily trying to make it, you know, I'm never going to be one of the PKA. So, uh, you know, so for me, I, I get to go out there and have a great time with some friends. I feel like the way it's structured and you because the information is so open on your team if you have a good team that it's a great opportunity to learn from the other people on your team maybe some things that you don't do and to hear how they're breaking down water and sharing that information it's a it's just a different way to fish more information and uh i feel like last year i probably learned more than i ever have in the same amount of time so and in a real short season it was on you know just a few games so yeah, it was great. I guess that's the main selling point for me and what I tell everybody else. But that's, you know, we still have enough time to where you can fill out your schedule for the rest of the year 
with other people. I mean, with other trails, whether it's national or local stuff that you don't have to be, this year is going to be eight regular season games. So it is a little bit more of a time deal uh, than what it was this year, but depending on how many people that you have on, on your team, uh, you, you can have plenty of time to go fish other stuff and they probably won't conflict with at least the majority of the majority of the other things you want to fish. Okay. I like it. Robert, give me, give me yeah. your side of it. Well, um, so for one, uh, it's a summer based league, man. Um, so we try not to, when we come out with schedule, we, we try to wait until KBF Hobie and Bass puts out their schedules before we uh, develop the schedules for the league. Um, Obviously, Bass just put theirs out, you know, but we needed to get ours out uh, as soon as possible because, you know, uh, most, most, a lot of the guys are working men. You know, I mean, I'm not saying, you know, everybody's not a working man or woman, but a lot of the guys, you know, have jobs they have to put in for that time off from work. So we try to get the schedule, at least the schedule out, like for the dates of the games out earlier. Um, so we try to schedule around Hobie and KBF and all those because a lot of the anglers do fish Hobie and KBF. I fish Hobie, I fish KBF myself. Uh, and it's, it's team-based format, man. So it's like eight people per team. Um, four four will fish in a matchup, 4v4. Uh, there's home games and there's away games, right? Um, what, the biggest selling point for me personally was the ability to go to, you know, that team's home lake and beat them on their home turf. You know what I'm saying? So uh, the competition factor there was a huge thing for me. So being able to go, uh, you know, uh, Florida, Florida Copperheads came up here to Virginia to face us here. You know, uh, that was that was a big thing. Uh, we had to travel to South Carolina. I'm not South Carolina, but North Carolina, up to up to D.C. area. I mean, the the traveling portion of it, getting to fish lakes that maybe you never would have fished if you hadn't, you know, if we hadn't done it. Fishing lakes that you didn't know about that are like just hidden gems. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and like to echo what Dan said, man. Uh, it's it's a ball. It's just so much fun, man. Um, I'm not trying to be a fanboy of, of KFL or nothing like that, but like I said, I like the competition, so I like fishing the personal ones too, the single-man tournaments. But I've had more fun fishing KFL uh, than fishing Hobie or KBF, not to say I didn't have fun fishing those. It was just the camaraderie between your teammates, uh, the camaraderie between the competition, you know, the day – up the days leading up, we like to do some type of get together or cookout. Like when Florida came to my came to Virginia, I did a I smoked some meat, man, had some beers, had them over the house. Uh, we drank, we laughed, we talked, we talked trash, we talked shit, man, and then we hit the water, you know. And it's funny because when you get to the ramp in the morning, because we we usually do same launch. I mean, ramp, launch from the same ramp. Um, it's all business, man. All that coking and joking that we did the night before and hanging out and having fun. It's all like, I, I just want to beat the shit out of you. Like your yeah. team, whatever, you know what I'm saying? I so, like that. Uh, that's what it is. We get out there and um, the, the different aspects of it is crazy. Like you got to have communication between your team, right? Um, being on a team with multiple anglers who you fished against in, you know, local or national trails, uh, you learn so much from them. I echo what Dan said last this year. I think I've learned more about bass fishing than I did in previous years, you know, um, learned so much about pre-fishing and, uh, you know, the what to do and what not to do. Um, and it, it was just a ball. The biggest thing that people want to know really is like, you know, what's, what's the buy-in for? Like, what's, what am I going to get out of doing it? Right. And we came on board for the first year, every team, we tried to talk to all the owners. We tried to bring the right people in to know that, Hey, the first year, 
it's not going to be the most lucrative year. It's not going to be, it's, it's going to be the first year, man. So we need to buy in and we have to put in the effort to get, you know, to get this thing out there. And I think it's worked. I mean, we had 17 teams in the first year and this year, I think we're up to 28. Yeah. 28 teams. Um, we're going to cap it at 32 teams. Okay. You like you had a question. What's up, man? No, no, no. I'm just, I'm oh. just taking notes as you go, brother. Uh, I do like one. Th- I will say one thing. I do like that. Just like the other big series, you have shunned California so far. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's actually some teams last year that were interested, but it's, yeah. it's just. I, I think it came down to at this point it wasn't able to happen because yeah. they wouldn't have enough teams to fish against. It's so. Right. I, I think in the future, if there were enough teams, I don't want to speak for Greg, but. Uh, there's no reason that they couldn't have their own division out there. Yeah, that would be yeah. cool. I'm just playing. I'm just playing Cali people. Don't get mad. No, it's it's funny you said that though, man, because uh um I, I kinda I'm kinda like on the um inside and the outside. So I I get the the actual what the league is doing. I'm kinda working with Greg on that too. Cali actually has about three teams that wanna be in the KFL, but it's just it's the logistics of it. Most of the teams here on the East Coast or in the South, the, to have a team travel from, you know, Texas or, well, Texas, I guess, would be the easiest one. But to travel from anywhere over here to Cali, that's that's asking a lot. But they're that's looking right. at trying, they're trying to have a KFL Cali, have their own little, you know, Cali thing going on. I'm like, I mean, if Greg if Greg's okay with it and lets it happen, I'm like, go for it. I'm not traveling to Cali, although I'd love to fish Clear Lake. <laughs> yeah, I mean, people forget how big, I mean, yeah. Even just from California to another West Coast or Western state is a long, uh, long there, ways. There, I, there's an Oklahoma team, so I guess they would be the closest. Oh, yeah, there is an yeah. Oklahoma team this year. Who's on that uh, team? Cayman Rasmussen. Dude, we the best name in the game. All right. He's legit, yeah. too. So. Cayman did pretty well at the NC. Yeah. I think he finished yeah. in the top 20. Colorado or Utah Trail. He just yeah. All right. So, them, yeah. So I'm going to get back to both of you guys, of course, but I want to talk to Brian because Brian, uh, you know, I don't want to say no one take, gave the league a hard look, but when you have had anglers like Brian and others that are known on the on the on your normal tournament circuits coming over and joining teams, that opened some eyes. So I wanted to hear from Brian what drew you over from obviously you have a full tournament schedule anyway with, with what's going on in Texas by itself plus the national stuff. What drew you over to, to fishing on a league team? Well, a lot of it was who was on the team that asked me to, you know, join them. Uh, you know, it was, it, like we kind of have a hammer team. Like last season, we made it to the finals. Like, we didn't win, but you know, we made it to the finals. So we had a hammer team, and uh, this season we'll be even better. So originally, I was like, okay, like you know, I can fish some of these. The thing was like that. I just agreed to fish. You know, like they said, just fish like one to three. Like as long as you do just a couple of them, that's good because you have eight guys on a team. So and only four play at each game, if you want to call it a game or whatever. So you don't have to fish every single one. So I think last season I fished three of them. And that's that way you have a live tournament that day or whatever. You can go fish your live tournament and then your teammates can go and, you know, beat up on some other team in KFL. Yeah, I like that. I, and, you know, I've got a bunch of questions, and I even have ideas that I've thought about after seeing all the team stuff. But uh, how do you guys, and anybody can answer this, how do you select, if all eight are available, how do you select who goes? Who who, who, who who throws down? I mean, is there anybody that's pissed off sometimes? Or 
it depends on the team it could be you know whoever's hottest on your team i i know you do it that way robert uh you know some we have it scheduled in advance that I, I guess let's say we're fishing i don't know pickwick then we're going to f- put four guys on our team who maybe either have experience or who we think Pickwick's going to set up best for them. And and that's how all in how you build your team. If you're going to have river guys, lake guys, you know, you have to have a diverse team and a team that, you know, grass guys, whatever it is that you can send anywhere in the country. Yeah. Um, and it sounds like the team thing brings into play something that I've tried to have outlawed or talked about having outlawed. I actually made a post on KBN about it about team fishing in a, in an individual tournament about people sharing information on the water and stuff like that. Mm. But in this format, is that actually part of the strategy? Like you guys can like yes. get on walkie talkies or text right. or whatever and say, Hey, this is what's up. Yeah. That, my, team, we, my team, we actually used walkie talkies, man. Okay. Um, cause I mean, we found ourselves just texting each other or me- yeah. in messenger texting. So we figured we just grab some walkies, man. And, uh, it, that's actually a big part of it, man. Cause you know, yeah. um, fishing any lake i mean you're you're an angler you on a lake you've never fished somebody might figure out that one piece of information that you know sets your team up correctly or you know figure out a color that's working so communication is key man um and brian wasn't lying when he said they had a hammer team their team was ridiculous. who'd you slide in there this year brian who'd you add uh caleb Helbig and john Mooney. <laughs> okay yeah y'all are, so. y'all are building yeah, I tell you who's a hammer team. Another hammer team this year. Their new team in the Tennessee Shiners or Nashville Shiners. I think they're called. Yeah, I saw that. You saw that team. A lot of my, a lot of my buddies on that team. Yeah. Somebody's team picked up Jordan English. Marshall. Yeah, that's Which, that's my team. Yeah. You picked up Jordan, Dan. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I mean right. Cody's Cody's on the team too. Who, what team did Cody uh, jump he, on? He joined Cody the Hogs, the Arkansas yeah, team. The Hogs, yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean the Shiners team, man, is nasty. Yeah, Ewing Miner. Um, Eric Siddiqui, Adam Riser. Adam Riser. Uh, Wait a minute. Two of those guys don't even live there. How are they get on that team? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that team's ridiculous. I ain't gonna lie. Well, and, yeah. and that's the thing. It depends on, like, if you know you're in a certain division, it maybe if we're fishing Florida, even though we're the Coosa Kingfishers, we might want to have a Florida guy or we might want to have a Texas guy whenever we go to Texas. And you're allowed two changes on your team. So if you have eight people, you can drop somebody and add somebody. So if let's say we wanted to go to Texas, we could drop somebody and add a Texas angler before the deadline. If we knew we were going to be fishing in Texas for, you know, whatever, but, but there's so much more strategy. There's a lot, the strategy is so much different in KFL. Like with pre-fishing, you want to spread your four guys out. You want everybody to be fishing different kind of patterns. It's the strategy is much different in this. That is individually. Hang on just a second, Dan. Oh, and, uh, we had Coley goal. slide in here. Coley was sliding on. He got on a little bit late, but we're glad to have him in here too. The, the more the merrier. Welcome, Coley. Hey, What's guys. going on, boys? You on your phone, man? Yeah. Yeah, I just turn got off thing, work. Turn that thing horizontal so it looks right. Hold on. Let me figure this out here. Am I doing something Yeah, wrong? yeah. You're good. <laughs> if anyone has any questions specific for any of these guys about, about the KFL, please put them in the comments and I'll throw them on the screen. I'm going to try to keep up with all that. Um, but yeah, good stuff. I wanted to hear more about, uh, you know, you guys said you can communicate on the water. Is there an element of defense? When I, whenever I think team, I think basketball, football, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. So like, can you get like, 
I don't mean like T-boning people and ramming them with a kayak, but can you can you play defense as a team on certain areas, or, or what's how does that work? Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean you can up to a certain extent, man. Like uh, I think the Maulers did it pretty well on one of their matchups, man. They had uh, two guys pretty much uh, fishing an area, but they they kind of the way they fished the lines they chose to fish, they made it so you couldn't really come in and fish that same area. You know what I mean? Okay. Uh, it, you can you can do something like if you're fishing that area, you know, you're not you're not gonna go around and fish the same area, but like defense in the sense of, you know, I'm gonna put my kayak in front of your kayak and you can't get around. Nah, I mean, it ain't like that. I'm a pretty like big that. dude. I can usually take a lot of people, so we yeah, could do that. I mean, It'd be cool. I mean, I'll be honest. I'd like to see some of that. <laughs> we we haven't really. I don't really think we've had the need. We just worried about ourselves and call yep. our own fish. We, we that hasn't came up, but it could. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like there was one instance where it wasn't necessarily even guarding it from the other team. It was guarding it from bass boaters. Like uh, at our fair field matchup that I fished, Jason Campbell, he was on like one hot area and he was just on fire that match. Like I was fishing the same stuff. Like I could barely get a bite, right? So basically he wanted to go try some other spot, kind of let his fish rest. So he went over to the other spot and I kind of just sat on his spot, you know, fished it and kind of waited around or whatever. Didn't really do too much just to guard it from bass boats. I mean, we didn't really have any other competitors around. If there were, you know, we obviously I would have just sat there and they couldn't have gone on that spot either. But, you know, the bass boats were all around. So I just protected that spot for him for, you know, 30 minutes or whatever while he fished something else and came back. Right. It's, it's, it's interesting how you guys, the communication and doing stuff like that, uh, you know, helping each other out from that standpoint is so much different than a regular individual tournament because that's all kind of taboo. Like people don't want to hear about that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, but y'all able to do it together there. I can't tell. Is that a kid making a noise or is that your cat, Brian? Not my cat. <laughs> not, not my kid either. I don't have my, my kid's not here yet. <laughs> okay. I was like, by the way, are we just going to be like, look over the fact that Brian's got a cat just kind of draped over his shoulders like a <laughs> true king back there. <laughs> She likes to hang out on this chair. Yeah. No, I, I, I know. I totally agree with people not being able. They shouldn't be able to communicate in an individual event, but with a team deal, it, it, it makes sense to me. I guess. Yeah. Totally. Totally makes sense. Uh, we've got some questions. Ryan Van Tyne asked, "Do you have league sponsors or on board, and or team? Uh, are the teams responsible for seeking individual sponsors?" And that's a question I was going to ask later. Obviously, there's a financial aspect to this. It's not free to travel or enter tournaments. So talk a little bit about that. Anybody can take that. Well, that's a, that's a great question, man. Um, so the way we run, the way we run the league is you're basically, your team is a franchise. So each owner is the owner of a franchise. So it's up to each team really to, um, you really, what you, the, the layout you want, you want to bring in sponsors, bring in sponsorship dollars so that your league fees, uh, your traveling, all that stuff is covered from sponsorship money. Uh, uh, there is league sponsors. We actually signed a huge uh, sponsor a uh, couple weeks ago, man. Um, and I mean, I don't, I'm not privy to you know the other trails and uh, their sponsors and the dollars that they get, but I would think knowing the amount that this league, this sponsor put into the pot for the for the pot, it's probably one of the biggest contributions from a single sponsor and it across all you know KF, across KFL, KBF, Hobie. It was a very substantial amount. Uh, so much so that, you know, the pot for this year was, I think it was 28, 28K was the pot for this year. Uh, the pot for this upcoming year right now stands over double that. So 
Um, so that sponsor came in and, and contributed a lot of dollars, man. We have two other sponsors who have verbally agreed to, uh, you know, X amount to come in, but we're not going to say anything about, we're not going to uh, add that in yet until like it's, you know, it's inked down in paper on paper. But uh, yeah, so the teams are responsible for getting sponsorship to cover their costs. The Maulers kind of laid the blueprint on the Massachusetts Maulers. That's Derek Brundle's team this year. Uh, they had enough sponsors to the point to where their individual uh, out-of-pocket was $0 from every angler. And they had it to the point to where they were up to able to pay each angler uh, like a cup, I think three to $400 per game. So they had enough sponsorship dollars to cover everything, all travel for every game, and then also pay the angler for each game. And they kind of laid the blueprint, man. So uh, me personally, I did the math for what we uh, output we did last this, this past season and looked at a number that I needed to uh, get in sponsorship so that, you know, there's no out-of-pocket expenses for the members of the, of the team this year. And I'm closing in on it. I mean, the league is up to 28 teams right now. There's already 15 teams that have sponsorship dollars committed to where they have, they didn't have to pay anything for the league fee. So. I, and what is a franchise fee? What's a league fee? It's uh it's 1500 um, for the season right. uh, for new franchises. And then uh, the old uh, year one franchises who are grandfathered is 1200. Cause that's what we did last year. All right. So Katie asked, and I was going to ask this anyway. So do the anglers win any of that cash or is it the owners, you know, is this just like a Jerry Jones deal? The owners getting rich or is this going back to the, so <laughs> to, to the uh, anglers themselves. Uh, great question. It's up to your owner how you pay your players. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, so it's literally run like a franchise. It's up to you how you pay your players, how you divvy up the sponsorship money. I, I can say for us, we have like Lance Coley, a guy on our team. He developed a spreadsheet where I wrote it down because I wanted to say how we do it. But we have a formula where it, it's a it a lot of different variables go into it. Fishing days, nights you rent a house. Every 50 miles you drive and a stringer bonus for how many of the 10 fish you do. So if somebody is fishing more events, then our team's paying out 100%. We're not keeping anything back. And our, but our guys know up front exactly how much they would win. You know, if somebody is fishing more, they're traveling more, and they're putting in more time, then they're going to get, reap more of the reward than somebody that would just pay, play two events, I guess. Uh, Ryan Van Tine threw in the – it's a scary word, man. He'll be the union rep. You don't want a player's union. You don't want that. <laughs> no, we don't want that. <laughs> we want bus that union. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if you guys are familiar with it's called the TBT in the in the summertime. It's a basketball tournament, million dollar basketball tournament that happens in the middle of summer. Uh, right. basically it's all built up to the payout of the championship. So is that how this works? The franchises are gonna figure out how to pay their own players basically or or cover their cost with the hopes of making it to the final four or the finals and cashing the big check. Is that, is that the, am I understanding that right? Yeah. So 28 teams, top four get paid. So that's a little bit more than top 10% rather than just getting paid for each event. The owners decide that they want it to all be at the end of the year. So, yeah. So if, if you think about it, it's rather than a bunch, one event, it's just a bunch of events and you get paid at the end, same like top 15%, I guess. Yep, and it's uh, it's uh, like you said, it's four teams get paid, so it's sixty. The cut is sixty twenty ten ten for the percentage. So, what did the winning team take this year? I know you said the pot's grown, but what was it? Or this last year? Uh, 
<laughs> I don't I don't recall, man. Um it was over twenty K. I, I don't recall the exact number. I, uh, I'll probably get a text about it here in like 30 seconds. But, uh. <laughs> uh, Todd Patrick's in the comments. He might know. But in the TBT, the basketball tournament I'm talking about, the payouts aren't equal if they win the tournament either. Is that how this works? Like if an angler fished all the time and he was like your lead dog, is he going to get a little more of that? Or is that up to the owners to figure that out? It's up to the owners, man. Um, on, uh like Dan said, they have a system for him, and uh, I pretty much said with my team, I have a system too. So, like, if we win, Todd said it's over twenty four k is what the team got. So, is he naked um, there in that picture? What's what's going on? Uh, I, Lord, no, I hope not. Oh, anyway. <laughs> uh, I, what was the question again, man? You threw me off with the naked comment for Todd. That was, that was just a bad. I got thrown off with the picture. Yeah, uh, how the payouts trickle down? Is it per owner? Do they just figure out how they do that? Yeah, yeah. So like for my team, I I just told the guys. I mean, every man's equal. I don't care if you fished two events, you fished uh, all all eight events. Man, we're gonna we win some money, we're gonna split it fifty. Well, I can't say fifty fifty because it's more than two people, but it's gonna be an even split. Okay. Yeah, that's how our team did it too. We did even split. I mean, a couple of guys I think you know chose to take less because they just felt they didn't fish as many, so they should have a little bit less, but. For the most part, you know, it is even. even. Uh, let's see. Any more questions? Throw them in here. Uh, oh, Taylor's in the comments. She's watching from work. Oh, she is. She walked in time for the naked Todd Patrick comment. Perfect. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, um, what else? I had. Uh, da, 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 da. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty much everything. I figured the big things that people will want to know, man. Um, and uh, honestly, man, the, the new number for the pot. It's pretty. It's pretty freaking good for a second year for the league, man. Uh, I wish I could more tell than pretty you. freaking good if it's up sixty, seventy k range. I mean, that's crazy. I, I wish I could tell you the exact number right now. Greg, and Greg told me today it was over sixty. So yeah. I didn't so say let, it, Greg. Let me ask y'all this: Are there restrictions on? Okay, you guys have started the season. Boom! You got everybody. You know, twenty eight teams, eight players a team, and now. Uh, out of nowhere, here comes a guy named Kyle Long at Arkansas that's just whacking them all over the region, and you want to sign him in the middle of the season. Is that is that cool? You can do that kind of stuff. So we're just like NBA and uh, you know uh, NFL man. We have a trade or a signing deadline or a trade deadline. So uh, after this date, you know, no more signings, no more trades, nothing like that. Okay, when is that? Uh potato i can't recall right now all right i want to do, know you, re- do you remember dan now well, well we'll know plenty of advance so but yeah. but before then if you have at there's certain dates where you have to have your money in you have to have your roster in you have to have the lakes that you're going to your home lakes that you're going to fish and we have dates for all those and once you have your team set you can make two adjustments up to the deadline okay so yeah, that was a big thing I didn't mention. Every team can have four home, four home lakes that they can choose from to put the opposing teams on. So, so like if Florida's coming up here and we want to put them on Smith Lake because it's a deep, clear spotted bass lake, then we we could adjust our schedule, our home lakes versus the people that are coming to us. All right. So Steve Fields has a great question. And I, it was something I was going to ask you anyway. Can anglers switch teams midseason if they get offered more money from another team? So, in other words, are they under contract? Can they be, like, cut or moved or traded? Or, I mean, how intense can this get? Can we get, like, some oh, diva LeBron James situation where he's forcing trades from the team? Like, Brian's going to start forcing trades off the Texas team or something? Yes, <laughs> absolutely. 
Yeah, as it stands right now, absolutely, man. Really? Like there's, I, I, I can say there's a, a somebody that we were talking to that were that was told by another team he would get paid more, and that's one of the reasons that he didn't join our team. Really? Yeah. I'm liking this more and more the more I hear about it. I, I want to get into I some never of this. Thought about that. I mean, we're 100 percent happy with how our team. I mean, it's just an initial talk with Smiley. He's a great angler. And just, you know, he decided to go a different direction. That's, I hope it works out for him. I hope he gets paid like he thinks he will. So if they're on your team to start the season, they can't just say, hey, uh, Dan and Coley offered me a couple more thousand dollars to come over to the, to the CUSA team. I can't, I can't do this anymore. But once you start the season with the team, you're, you're in with them. You can't just on your own. Uh, right now, right now, there's nothing in writing to say you can't. Uh, our rules committee – we have, there's a rules committee who's uh, tasked with coming up uh, with the, uh, you know, the base set of rules for yeah. us. It, that's something that the, the owners talked about and they're weighing right now is, you know, will there be a deadline for that? Will they allow that? You know, uh, all that stuff is going to be, you know, locked down before the beginning of 2022 season. But uh, as it stands for 2021, it could have happened. Um, if if it goes that way, it could probably happen in 2022. I don't know. It's, that's really up to the rules committee and uh, how they voted to go. Sure. I know you're in year two, and this is a fluid situation with some yeah. of the rules and stuff. You guys are learning as you go. But uh, I don't know. All this trade talk and free agents and people moving around, I like that. That, that creates uh, high drama. I like that. Oh, there's drama, man. I don't know. I guess one of the new newest uh, rivalries that is a new team, Swamp Donkey. The floor, there's two teams in Florida now: Swamp Donkeys and then the Copperheads. And there's genuine hate between these guys. And really? it's awesome. It's awesome with the the back and forth online. And they have a preseason match coming up uh, December third or fourth. I want to say it's December third. And uh, they're, they're going to have a little preseason match. You should tune in, man. It's going to be interesting because those guys have genuine hate for each other, and they're going they're going at it. If if you've been following the KFL and their, their team pages, they have been talking all kind of shit. It's it's been crazy. Is that is that why uh, Conrad's been hitting the heavy bag and doing all them weird uh, workout videos? <laughs> it's been serious, man. More, it's been awesome yeah. to watch. Okay. Uh, yeah, you know, and this deal last year kind of kind of put Conrad in check. I hadn't heard as much about him after he got his clock cleaned on the in some of the KFL games. I know, right? He went, he did go ghost for a long yeah, period. Yeah, he came of time. up there and got He went yeah, Casper he on us. Uh, Lambert Lambert let him have it a few times. Him coming north of the Florida border didn't didn't go so well. So, well, he, he couldn't handle that Alabama smoke up here. He hit me up personally. He said for their because their Copperheads are coming back up here again. He hit me up personally, said, I'm going to make it this time. I was like, all right, man, come up here for this ass whooping. <laughs> so let, let's talk about some of the team name, man. Team names. Where is that just people pulling that out of thin air? Because let's be honest, some of that stuff is very uh, minor league baseball, arena footballish, but it's still, <laughs> still, but it's still pretty funny and still pretty good stuff. But is that just whoever, whoever creates the, the franchise comes up with those names? Yep. Yeah. And, but I mean, I think it goes through Greg. So I think he has to like, you know, A-OK the name. It can't just be some, you know, crazy off-the-wall uh, name. But, yeah, they just come up with their own name, man. Some of them have come up with some pretty good – the logos these guys are coming up with kind of amazing. It's pretty cool. That Delaware Doom logo, that's got to be the best. That's that's awesome. That's pretty legit. 
Uh, somebody has one that's the Punishers, and it looks awful a lot like the real Punish logo. That could be a impending. Yeah, it could, it could be a copyright thing. Yeah, yeah. All yeah. You guys seen this comment from Drew Turner? He's saying you guys could do an, a shoot off game or an offshoot game, like the NFL goes out of out of the country to play a game, and go down and do a redfish match rather than bass. I'm from the coast. Okay, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Van like Tyne's got his team name right here. Is, would this be allowed by Greg? <laughs> I think I would overrule Greg and let allow that one. Yeah, we we let that one come in. That's a depending Navy on thing. what the logo looks like. <laughs> I'd hate to see that logo. <laughs> I'd love to see all the iterations of that logo. It'd be funny. yeah, that'd, that'd be bad. Uh, Steve Fields is offering to be a free agent deal maker, starting at two percent uh, of the fees. So we got agents popping up. We got <laughs> union union reps popping up. All kinds of stuff's happening on the KBN Live tonight. I'm taking notes. All this whole thing, man. I'm taking all the notes of the suggestions. Yeah, it's good stuff. Keep throwing them in there, guys. It's uh, good stuff. Let's see. Tagging. Somebody earlier asked, "What's the end goal?" Man, I mean. The end goal is just to have a successful league, man. Um, we have a, a lofty goal we set right now. We call it the – it's a three-year goal, three-year goal. It's a, the million, million club, as Greg puts it. Uh, we want a million dollars – rep. I say revenue, but a million dollars be, between personal team sponsors as well as league sponsors, A total that total a million dollars, and then a million views. Hey, let me ask you this, because this is something I saw, and I, I think Greg put this out, and it was sometime last year. And the the million viewer thing was it a million or a hundred thousand viewers? It was a million. It was a million viewers. Now let let's be honest. That's a million bullshit. views. That's bullshit. Million that didn't views. happen. <laughs> it was a million views, not a million viewers. Not either way, me. either way. I mean, come on. Now. I'm just saying. I'll be honest, man. Um, just uh, from the. Uh, and the statistics from, you know, everything that's done on a computer, like uh, the, the server is going to track everybody who logs in and watches it, man. Uh, uh, from Pride Outdoors, the numbers that they gave us that uh, people are, you know, different households tuned in during our live, our live said X number of viewers. So we totaled all that up between the, the all, every match. Uh, every live or whatever, we totaled up all the Facebook Facebook views, all the YouTube views, and the total for the entire season was a million. I, I don't know if people were taking it the wrong way. Like we, you know, when we went live for, let's say, week one's matchups, we get the numbers from them. He said, "Hey, the number of viewers that were logged on to the server watching the live was forty five thousand households." Okay, cool. Whatever the case may be, we, after the number totaled up, he gave us his numbers from. You know that he totaled from, that he tallied up from his you know his server or whatnot and added them up, man. It came to a million, man. Um, I don't I don't know the Pride Outdoors guy, but I think he's full. Of, that there ain't no way that's true, man. Now I, mean, I appreciate the product y'all are putting out there, but I mean I know the numbers that MLF and some of these guys pull, and uh, they ain't much they ain't much higher. Uh, but, well, we're but talking about I total for a season though. We're not talking about for one matchup. Okay, okay. Well, I don't know. That, that's that's unbelievable. Uh, if I agree. Pride Outdoors guys, not sunshine pumping you, but we'll we'll never know that. I hope I hope it's true for you. Uh, somebody somebody's asking, where do you watch the events? Pride Outdoors is the main place. It sounds like. Um, uh, yeah. Well, this yeah. year it's going to be. We have a couple more plays. You got Pride Outdoors uh, Network, which is viewable on uh, any Amazon uh, device, uh, Ro uh, Roku TV. You got uh, the uh, the new one that's come on Motion Sports Network, which. Uh, the network that Greg purchased. So it's, it's similar to pride outdoor network. So 
It's going to be on that. It's uh, stream live on KF on the KFL Facebook page. Stream live on the KFL YouTube page. Um, Twitch their KFL Twitch page. Uh, so it's probably like five or six different locations you can watch it at. So Frank Frank wanted us to talk about the live streaming. I want to talk. I wanted to get to it because what are you guys coming with from a technology perspective to make that a better experience? You know what I'm saying? If I'm trying to watch it, can I see over the shoulder views? Can I select a certain angler to watch or how y'all going to, you know, continue to improve that as you go? I know it's not cheap. It's expensive to, so, to so continue to improve. Uh, one of the things that I recommended to Greg, and I think we're going to go to it. We're working on it right now is one person who has a awesome setup is Derek Brundle, right? Uh, his setup, he's got, you can see every, you can see him, you can see everything he's doing in, in the view of it. And I recommended to him, man, that we have a standardized location for where the cameras, like the phone or camera has to be mounted. And I like, like you said, I like over the shoulder. Um, this past year, we didn't have anything like that in place. We still don't have it in place. It's a work in progress, but the goal is to get over the shoulder so you can actually see the angler, see the water, see how his cast and see what he's doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. If we get more, you know, sponsorship dollars are gonna are gonna um, you know benefit us. If we can get the sponsorship money in there, man, we can, you know, as a league, we can purchase everything and have it so that the teams have the equipment that they they need, so that the it's a better product that's being viewed that you're being able to view when you're watching yeah, I, live. Lambert and I have talked about it that a million times on here. The future of this sport is going to come from being able to pull it live from whatever tournament series is doing it. Um, it's just so hard to do. I mean, I try to live stream on my own, just out fishing sometimes to see how it'll go. And even if I have a good 5g signal, it's, it's choppy at best, um, mm -hmm. you know, on a, on a good GoPro or whatever. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's, and it's, it's time for, to get there. You asked about how we select who's going to be on camera, who's not going to be a camera. It's actually up to the, uh, broadcaster, right? So basically what I like when I broadcast, cause I broadcast every time if I'm not fishing in the matchup. Uh, so when I'm broadcasting, I try to have a partner who's helping me broadcast. And what I mean by that is someone who's doing the um, pushing the buttons and all that type of stuff. And, I, you know, so he's watching. He only thing he's doing is he's watching screens. If someone's hooked up or uh, a person who's uh, more talkative or more involved with the crowd, uh, with the broadcaster, keeping the excitement there, we want to have him on camera. Someone just there being a, you know, a wet mop, just just watching. We try to get him off and let another angler come on camera. What we're really really just trying to get the anglers out there and get them their exposure and get people to watching them and knowing them. They're, they're, one of the requirements of the home lake that you choose is that it has good service. And, and usually with so many people that are fishing at one time during the day, they're usually able to get some people with some good service. So, yeah, there you go, Randy. He answered your question. Do you have to read it to him? The problem is though, in Texas, most of the lakes don't have good signal. So it's kind of tough. Yeah. You know, uh, MLF, the elites, all the, all the bass boat side pros, they literally have to select their lakes that way. They, they leave out good lakes these days because of lack of cell service for the live coverage. So, uh, Sorry. yeah, they had to stop going to places like Bull Shoals up here, which is an amazing lake. You can't get a cell signal except in one little spot of the entire lake. I know it's a problem on some of those Texas lakes, like you said, Brian. So. I asked my wife to fix me a drink, so she comes over here and she sees that she walked through the camera. She's like, you need to turn that damn camera that way. Oh, <laughs> I don't know, man. We make wives famous. Brian's wife's more famous than him on our page, I think. I know. <laughs> Everybody loves Taylor. Like, Everybody loves Brian Taylor. guy, though. <laughs> you're Taylor's husband. That's who you are. You're not, you're not Brian Al anymore. 
No, that's funny. Uh, yeah, Steve's talking about the interesting concept on having to, having to choose locations. Yeah, just the way it is. And with you guys being, you know, four on four, you have the ability to choose a really good location that's a small lake. It doesn't have to be Sam Rayburn or Toledo Bend. It can be a small lake with just eight guys going at it, right, or girls. Yeah, but there's a minimum size limit on the lake. Oh. Was that 800 acres? It's 400 acres, the minimum. Yeah. All right. So Let just me ask you this. Um, sorry, Robert. I, I was going to no, ask go Coley or, or Dan, when you guys select your home lakes down there, do you on purpose try to select them thinking there's no way you, you want to make it as hard on the other teams that are going to come in there as possible? Well, we, we kind of really looked at it as like, what is our best strengths bringing somebody to a home lake? Like what is, we're not so really worried about the other guys. It's just what, what fits our guys the best, like our strength that way. No matter what the conditions or whatever, we feel comfortable. No matter what, going into the event, and it's worked out. I mean, pretty good so far. It's just, and you also got to think is you know like Florida, for instance. I know we keep saying or everybody keeps saying Florida, but like you know, Florida guys, they're used to a certain kind of fishing. You know, typically a lot of grass and stuff like that. So if you bring them up here where there's deeper water, it's, you know, really clear water. You know, water temperature not as you know not as hot or you know, it doesn't have as much vegetation in it, it may cause a little bit of a struggle for them and, you know, return help us out. So, yeah, that was kind of what we what we did last year. And I think we kind of rolled with that this year as well as, well, kind of like agreed, well, you know, what is everybody's styles? What does everybody feel the most comfortable doing, you know, per opponent? That And that was one thing that I think I liked the most was having multiple lakes to choose from. That way, you know, you could pick one kind of of each style to have your opponent your opponent on yeah uh jamie broads in the comments talking about somebody that got blasted by greg but not uh talking about mark coates kbn took care of coats man we put him on blast for a couple of days so uh that name is infamous now don't worry about him <laughs> yeah he, he was banned in arkansas long ago and now he's uh banned everywhere uh kyle long if somebody is sucking it up can you cut them mid-season yes put them on the waivers it's happened, it happened? Yeah, <laughs> on uh, that on conversation mul on multiple teams, I believe. How does that go? Do you say bring your playbook in here and have a seat, or I mean, how does that go? I mean, I didn't cut nobody, so I couldn't tell you. But <laughs> yeah, it'd be a tough conversation, man. I, I, I know I'm privy to one guy who got cut, and it didn't go well. <laughs> His feelings were hurt, but you know, really, wow. Nobody, nobody went out on blast. Own, hey, he started his own team this year, right? So you know who I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. He started his own team this year. That's part of the bad blood. Really? Is that is that a swamp, is that the Swamp Donkey Copperhead deal? Well, sort of. I mean, okay. the guy owns the Swamp Donkeys who got cut. I, mean, I don't care. I love you, dude, but I'm gonna put you out there. It was by a big gun, man. He got cut. He got cut he got from cut. the Washington Warhawks. But yeah, that's. And I would also say it's not really. I, I have no idea what happened. He was in I Florida do. fishing for a team in Washington. So just having traveled that much water that he's not used to, I'm sure if he were fishing in Florida all the time, he would have done, you know, had a better. So I, I don't know what yeah. happened. But, you know. I mean, I know exactly what happened. He was, you're absolutely right. He, I think Bobby, but Bobby, one thing about Bobby, he would travel every matchup. If you needed a guy, he was there for him. He would go. Um, but they were fishing all types of waters that you're not just gonna, not going to really find in in uh, Florida. Yeah. I mean, one of the matchups they had to go fish, I think it was the New River and you know, smallmouth fishing. You take a guy who's never f not fished in Florida and put him, try to make him go chase smallmouth for the first time. 
probably not gonna do that well. Brian's smiling because he's like, I'm a super stick, so he can do it. <laughs> I hope we come down there and face y'all this time, Brian. I, I got, I got, I, we could probably sit on here for a while because I got a lot more questions. But let me ask you this: the guys that aren't fishing, are they allowed to even be there? Can they? Can you have an alternate on the sideline in case somebody like blows an ACL out out there pedaling? <laughs> or as, I mean, as far as I know, there's no rule against them coming to practice. So nope. if we got a house and they wanted to come, they could come help us practice. Okay. Yeah, uh, you can have you can have your whole team go down and practice if you want. Um, last year we based our starting four on production. We took that idea from uh, Brian Howell's team. Um, you know, you go to pre-fish, how you did in pre-fishing was how you we how I determined who was going to start for that matchup. Um, uh, so, yeah, so, like, we were all there pre-fishing on, on lakes, you know, and the guys who were on it, who were catching them, that's who we selected. Now, you can't – the guys who are not fishing can't give the guys who are fishing information. Like, okay. they can't be watching live and, you know, texting, hey, uh, this dude just caught a fish. He, it was on, like, a black worm or whatever. They can't do that type of shit. Can they be on the water with them if they're not fishing? If they are on the water with them, they can be they can be uh like videotaping, but they can't have rods with them. Okay, they can't be like and they can't be blocking. Yeah, and burning people's blocking. spots and stuff out there. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Can't do that. All right. Uh yeah, you see Randy's comment. He said team owners getting cut and making their own team. It sounds like semi pro football. Yeah, kinda. Uh, Steve Fields says, good luck policing that. I guess it would be kind of self-policing. Everybody launches from the same spot, so it ain't like they're going to hide. Oh, no, you can launch anywhere. You oh, can yeah. launch anywhere. anywhere. And it's fun, it, one thing I didn't mention was that uh, the owners uh, – not owners, but, like, the home team dictates uh, what, what the launch time is. Not launch time, but uh, – yeah, launch time. Not, yeah. There's a lines in, but the owner, the home team can say, hey, you can launch at an hour before or 30 minutes before, stuff like that. Okay. I said the same launch because a lot of the lakes here, all where I'm at, I don't have any really major lakes here. So, uh, you know, they usually only have one to two launches. So, yeah, the, the home team de determines the boundaries and launch time and things like that. Yeah. I'll tell you what, guys, I, I, I was very skeptical, but you have done a good job selling me, selling me on the KFL tonight. I appreciate that. It's fun. Appreciate you having us talk about it, man. Yeah, man, it sounds, you know, I was all about the ROI. That's the biggest question that comes up is why would I do, why would I travel down to Caddo Lake from Arkansas and pay money to travel and then not have a chance of winning anything. But if you've got this framework of sponsors uh, that are trying to cut, I mean, it's not a guarantee, I guess it's up to the team owners and the teams to, to find those sponsors covering those fees and covering those travel expenses. Well, that's a whole different ball game. So from that perspective, uh, Brian, you can comment on the Texas team or Dan or Coley. What do you guys – how are you selling that to sponsors? How are you getting them to say, hey, I'm going to support the Kingfishers or the Bandits to go travel to four, eight tournaments, however many it is? Uh, what, what are you giving back to them? What, what are you offering them in return as a, as a value? I think for us, uh, like we dug out bait and tackle as one of our sponsors. You know, we, we appreciate them. And they, um, you know, it's a lot easier. You're selling somebody as a team. As it, it is – the difficult part is – Sometimes you have to have non-endemic sponsors because your teammates are going to have conflicting sponsors. Like on, I'm on Summerland Outdoors team, but Coley is on Dugout. Steve and them, they sponsored us, but I'm not necessarily going to be able to post anything, but we have seven people who can. Right. So those seven people as a group, you're not – a lot of 
I'd say some teams have been really successful at getting sponsors and have gotten more money, but that's, you know, some people haven't done as well. Derek Brundle and them, they won last year. So it's easy for them to say we had great success last year. Now, you know, second year, this is what we're going to do for newer teams. That's more difficult. So it's, it, it takes time, but, um, but whenever you have seven or eight anglers who are great and can, you know, it's more than just you individually going out and getting a sponsor yourself. Now you have not only team uh, social media, but you have all the individual members on the team. So it's, you know, it's it's been a lot easier to get sponsors than it would be, I think, individually, at least cash money. You know. Yeah. I, yeah. And that's I 100 percent agree with Dan. It's been a lot easier to get a sponsor for this team format more so than to get pers- like a sponsor for one guy. That's what I've. That's one thing I've learned with this whole side of the, the KFL. But it, it, it could be everything from jerseys, social media. You could do a guide trip. I mean, whatever you want to sell your sponsor on, how your team can support them, then that's that's what you do. Yeah, I've uh, got some good questions coming in. Let's see here, how many people got paid to travel? If you have. Trying to read through that whole question. How many people got paid to travel last season? If not, you have eight events with no payout, not a good return. I think then you guys say you had 15 teams out of 28 this year that are already. We had 17 teams last uh, 2021. But I mean, you said you had already 15 this year that have their expenses covered. Yeah, we have started. 15 out of the 28 who already pretty much have. I wouldn't say that. No, they don't have the season covered. They have the the $1,500 okay. entry fee cover. So that none nothing had to come out of the anglers' pockets to get in, to pay the team entry fee and the goal like right now i'm about halfway for uh having everything for the entire season paid for for my team including travel lodging all that stuff so if that gives any idea and then after you get it paid for the goal is to be able to pay the players for every game okay i like that does uh kfl have a board ryan van tide said is there a so just owners are the owners the board or is it couple people uh right now the the layout is the owners is the board but we have a rules committee that governs the rules uh like weather cancellations i saw the question about weather cancellations um they can they come up with the 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 uh the rules for weather cancellations like we do have weather cancellations uh but it's it's not like you know the wind is blowing 20 miles per hour uh, like a, a, a river floods out and they have to go to a backup lake yeah, they, so that's why that's why you have four four home lakes on your schedule. Yeah. Or do you have, lee, you do you have leeway to shorten events if for a weather event? If it's like, hey, we're supposed to fish eight hours, but storms come and can both teams agree to fish four hours, six hours, whatever it is? Uh, right now, it's it's on the teams, but uh, like I said, like I said, uh, this first year was a huge, huge learning experience for as a league. So all those rules are being developed right now. So uh, before we did see, we saw weather being an issue where teams moved from morning. So we have morning games and afternoon games. Morning games from uh, six to one, afternoon games from one to seven. Okay. I think it was. Yeah, six to one to seven. So uh, there was a couple games that had to be moved to the afternoon game or had to be moved to the morning game or whatnot because of weather or whatever issue. Um. Any more questions, throw them in the comments. We're getting up against the hour. I want to keep these guys too long tonight. And Arkansas is about – I think Arkansas already tipped off. i got to get over there and watch the Razorbacks play. Uh, but before we do go, each of you give me your take on what I mentioned before uh, you guys came on, which is the bass schedule. What did you all think of that bass schedule dropping today? Any opinions on that? 
Fork. I like fork. I know you do, Brian. <laughs> that's, that's a part-time job quick. for you. Those two will for sure be at. I don't know about the other ones. Grand, like you were saying, I don't know the rules. You know, you can't be more than like 150 feet off the bank, and you can't launch before 30 minutes before like sunrise or something. I don't know. There's just weird rules there. Yeah. So I don't I know just, how to handle that. Yeah, that, that, there's some good event, good locations like. Harris Chain at Seven Lakes. I, I don't know why there hadn't been a kayak event there before. It's an absolute great place to fish, but they don't get numbers down there. That's the yeah. whole. That's why I'm thinking like, are people going to travel down there? Because I don't know. The Florida guys apparently don't really show up. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's why Hobie, you know, doesn't go all the way down there. And... That's right. Yeah, they they start Angler of the Year, but whenever you're doing one and two day events. So... Just excited to see what those guys are going to say about that. You know, yeah. and why, why is there only five events? And yeah. I didn't, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen oh, the okay. schedule, so I don't well, know. Well, the, the interesting thing I saw is it's you drop one. So, oh, is it? four. Okay. So, is it if you have to fish four out of the five, that's a lot of travel, but we're going to have them on next week and, and we'll deep dive into some of those, those questions. Yeah. So, are they all weighed equally for AOI? Uh, or is it like know. a half? I don't know. Yeah, I, don't I, know. Want, I want some answers. We're going to get to well, the bottom. Well, well, you got the schedule, man? What's the schedule? I didn't even see it. I'm sorry. It's Fort, Grand Lake, and then Harris Chain of Lakes. Uh, Pickwick and Smith Lake. I'm going to throw it up for you. Five events. Nothing east and nothing north. So. I like three of those lakes you named. <laughs> I, think I, can pull I want to fish Pickwick after what happened on Pickwick uh, this year. I don't. I got my Pickwick is awesome. It is. I I like I saw that on there and it was like kind of same time of year. I was like, okay, I'm going to that for sure. I got a small go. check in the bass event. And Coley, Coley got. But what do you get, Coley? Second? Uh, yeah, second. Yeah. There you go, Robert. There's your there's your schedule. Yeah, Pick, Pickwick is dope, man. Pickwick, uh, the Harris Chain, I like those too. I fished the Harris Chain. I'm from Florida, so yeah, they they kind of bookend up a two day event. And Lake Fort, one, one day is in the middle. And that gap between that's May weird. And that's weird. Yeah. yeah. The one I thing mean, I want to ask him is why three of those events are the day or not the day, but the week directly before a BLS event, like like the one on Fork is the week before Toledo Bend. So can people get off two weekends in a row? Wow. and travel all the way down there you know what i mean so it'll, it'll be interesting to see what shakes out. <laughs> there's some good comments coming through man i see him that's funny we'll see it wasn't what everybody expected right <laughs> that no, last no, water yeah. comment was pretty funny yeah yeah good stuff so next week should be pretty lit when everybody's in here talking when we have the actual answer man on here that can tell us what's up with some, hey, some decisions are you lakes. are you doing santi the hobie santi event me? Yeah. No, no, I won't be at that one. I'm, I've got six of the Hobies on the on my books, but not that one. That's the first. That's one of the furthest ones out there for me. Any of y'all uh, doing Santa? I'm doing Santa. I'm gonna be. I'm, a, I'm thinking probably. about it for sure. Yeah. I want to anyway. Yeah. The first two to. or three, I'll probably yeah. try to get them. Don't let your money because I'm winning it. I said it here. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> we'll see. By uh, half, half an inch. Ain't that right, Robert? Coley, why are you bringing up old stuff, bro? <laughs> 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 oh man hey anything else you guys want to throw in about your specific teams or kfl in general before we wrap this thing up i'm i'm ready to go against brian's team again they uh they beat us in the conference championship so they, they had uh, 212 inches for 10 fish 
we had we had nine one ninety four and we still lost and it uh, on Fairfield. Yeah, so I'm I'm ready to yeah. take them on again. Yeah, brutal. I'll say this, man. Um, I mean, there's a lot of skeptics out there about KFL, man. Um, I don't know what you're skeptical about. It's it's just, in my opinion, it's fishing. It's fishing against other a whole other team on their on their home leg, man. That to be able to go to somebody else's house and whoop their ass is something you should be that that you should take like pride in. I really want to go to Florida and beat the shit out of Conrad Benetti, you know. <laughs> Just so I can put do uh, be put up an epic meme or get someone else to make an epic meme for me like Russ did when he put the Conan meme for Conrad Benetti's head. That was epic. All right. Um, well, yeah. It's just, I tell it's, you. It, it's, it, it's fun, you know. I mean, it, it's not for everybody. It's a payout deal if that's not for you. You know, we're not trying to convert anybody, but there's no reason to shit on it either. You know, it's 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 fun. Yeah. Well, I, I, I appreciate y'all, man, and uh, I'm, I'm glad y'all came on here because I know people think uh, – KBN's a little biased, but we're not. We want to. We want to hear from everybody, and and uh, you guys did a great job, kind of selling. I think I know you sold me and sold a bunch of people watching on on what you guys are all about. So, uh, I tell you this: do do one thing. Send Greg this message for me, okay? When he makes his schedule announcements, tell him to get some photo software or something because it looks like he put them logos on a Microsoft Notepad thing or something. And that that makes people skeptical, man. He's got to clean that up a little bit. But 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 the basis of everything. <laughs> You know, you're laughing because it's true, Robert. I know it, that is uh, why I'm laughing. <laughs> <laughs> but but the basis of what y'all are talking about and the and the the, the guts of this thing uh, sounds, you know, like a lot of fun. I can't wait to see where it goes for you guys. You know, it, it's it's a shitload of fun, man. And the money is beginning to catch up. I'm not going to say it's there. It's beginning to catch up with what people want. And eventually, I think it's going to exceed what people want, and it's going to be a major thing. And second. Y'all are biased. Hope uh, KBN loves Hobie, man. Come on, no, man. KBN, no, we, hey, hey, no, no. Wait, now, look, AJ's, AJ's, my, AJ's my homie, and that is my favorite trail. I ain't gonna lie. Exactly. But right now, they but they got the best product right now, so they don't catch as much oh, heat. Yeah. But it, uh, but yeah, the, the worst thread, the worst thread in the history of KBN, and the most heat ever thrown that still pokes its head up is Flexgate and the board, and that was all Hobie stuff. No, you don't still think Flexgate at the Bengate. Ben Yate, Ben Yate. Okay, yeah. well, but that, that's the worst one, and it still comes back. Still to this day, it comes back around. So the internet always wins, man. Yeah, we didn't we didn't clean that up. So yeah, we'll we'll, we'll let it rain down on whoever may deserve it that day. I guess. We, we all fish hobies. It's it's not. Yeah, yeah. And it for me, I know for me personally, it's not either or. Like I'm going to fish as many nah. hobies as I can, and you know, for two or three months, I'm going. to some KFL stuff. So the the thing I always say, man, when people say, "Man, that group over there, or this group over there," I'm like, "Look, it's all the same people. We all do the same stuff." I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, we don't have thirteen thousand unique people on the KBN group page. No. It's the same people from the KBF page and the Hobie page and the bat. It's all the same people. I mean, so, Russ beats uh, people's ass on Hobie and yeah, KBF yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. So you know, we're out there pulling for everybody, whether we agree with an organization or what they do or not. It's still all the friends out there fishing them. So we're pulling for everybody. We want everybody to do well. So I like that. Uh, but anyway, all right, guys, we're gonna wrap this thing up and get out of here. Uh, appreciate y'all's time tonight, and good luck this year. Okay. Appreciate right. it, bro. Yeah, we'll Thank see everybody you. next week.